everybody we have somebody phenomenal to join us on wednesday all right <laughs> we got the homie mark what's going on guys yeah yeah we got south carolina in the house we got north carolina in the house so mark we're gonna start the day off man we're gonna start off with a first question uh mark has done over 10 deals in the real estate game this guy is hustling. We we get the privilege to talk pretty much every day through inbox and what this guy's doing. Um, give these guys a little background, man. How'd you get started? What made you get started? Um, yeah, give us sure. the, give us the story. Yeah, so like a lot of others, right? You you hate your corporate job or you're you're kind of lost in the middle of it. And so mine was I was working nine p.m. to seven a.m. Uh, Wednesday to Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, if I wasn't on overtime. So uh, I'm like reading books and, and figuring out like real estate's a, the better way to, to find financial freedom. Because um, mm -hmm. I was working 70 hours a week making like 50K a year. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, that's great money. Um, that's good money. That's above probably the average of a, a US uh, person, just their salary. However, um, 
you start doing the math on the amount of time it takes, right, to, to make that 50,000, 70 hours a week. Um, it was a bit tough. And so I tried to figure out like really what I could do to get into real estate. 50K a year wasn't enough to just buy a property and flip it, at least where I was at currently, which was Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. um, sat back, talked to a couple friends, a couple real estate agents of, uh, that are friends of mine. They're like, hey, have you ever heard of wholesaling? I'm like, what? You know what I mean? It, you're obviously you're thrown off. Like what, what is this? Right. So, um, listened to a couple podcasts. I heard about it on bigger pockets and was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. So jumped in, I actually joined a mentorship back in 2018, early 2018, um, through wholesaling Inc where I found out basically the, the step-by-step on how to get your first deal. Um, first deal took me probably, it was like, six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hand dialing. I got some, some leads off of Fiverr where they not only got pulled the leads for me, they, they were vacant leads, but then on top of it, um, they were pulling phone numbers. So the data was not good, but I mean, I was determined to try to get my first deal. Um, so I'm banging lines, like just calling people out of the blue, right. um, finally lock them up on a contract. And, uh, I end up getting in a, an offer to go somewhere else for my corporate job. And I relocate to Nashville, Tennessee. So got mm-hmm. it under contract, um, push it over to one of my friends who was doing it in Harrisburg too. And then he found the end buyer while, while I was basically moving out. And that's how I got my first deal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Talk to me about the first deal, man. Cause, uh, well, first I want to know what was your first experience talking to a seller? Yeah. Um, and I can kind of share my experience on my first ever call, but Definitely. I was, yeah, it's I was, um, what was that experience like, you know, with the, with the seller? So, I mean, I didn't know anything, right? Like it's, it's one of those things where you just start and like, I, I really didn't know anything. I can't just walk into a property and, or even over the phone, let alone walk into it, but mm-hmm. start comping things that are wrong with, with the property. But I was nervous. I mean, it just happens, right? Um, it's one of those things you just got to build up endurance mm-hmm. and the first couple times I'm worried because I'm, I'm using like my actual phone number. I'm not doing, you know, voice over IP or the things that are like really there now that everyone's using mm-hmm. like Vumber or call, call rail, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's direct to me. So I'm calling. I even, I think I wrote some letters hand, hand wrote them too. So people are calling me. I mean, I just mm-hmm. didn't know what I was doing, but it was just kind of trying to take action. But mm-hmm. man, talking to them, I was either the thousandth person that's called or they've never talked to anybody and I didn't even know where to shoot, shoot a price at them. So it was awkward. It was weird. It felt uncomfortable, but as you keep calling, right, you build more and more endurance, but I'd love to hear your side of it too. (laughs) I think, I think think my first experience, um, I was like, you know, I was like, uh, what the hell do you say on this call? (laughs) You know? And, um, I think for me, it was, it was just, it was, I'm used to sales calls. I'm used to calls. I come from a call center background. So um, being on the phone is not something that uh, I'm afraid of or nervous. Um, I think for me was you just didn't know, you know, what you can say, what you can do on the call because you didn't know what was right and what was wrong. So essentially me, I was on the phone like in the first 24 hours and we ended up, you know, locking a contract our first day. Uh, And so, I mean, obviously it was like a privilege you know, and it was, it was cool. But I think for me, it was an experience. And it was just like, yo, these sellers, um, some of them are on point. Some of them are very unrealistic. 
Yep. And some of them are just dreaming of uh, mm-hmm. of what they want, you know? And so <laughs> that was kind of like my first experience, man. It was, uh, I think I got the first call. I think one of the first calls I took, the guy was like, he wanted 390 for his property and it was worth like 320 and it wasn't renovated. It wasn't nothing. Even better. Right. And so it was <laughs> 320 and I'm like, bro, your your house is worth only 320 retail, you know? And he was trying to sell me on the whole, no, it's worth this and this. And I know this house down the street. And he's like, I got a thousand cousins out here in Alabama. And it was just, it was, it was a long, long call. And yep. he called me from like a different number. He texted me from a different number. And it was just, the guy was playing a lot of games, right? I can <laughs> say that. Yeah. Right. So my next question for you, man, is, um, give a, give me, a, give me an experience of like, where you got a deal and it really made you hype. Like, I don't know if it was a deal that you wasn't supposed to get. I don't know if it was a seller that just came back and was like, Hey, I'll sell. Or, you know, what, what was the deal that actually really made you happy or, you know, got you excited at the end of the day? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm in both, uh, right now my territories that I'm, I'm working in the markets are Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and Nashville, Tennessee, but mm-hmm. I'll do anything within an hour distance of either or. Um, so this one, I just moved to Nashville. I was already calling for six months. Mm-hmm. By this time I had like systems implemented on how I was calling and I'm talking at least, I would say 50 contacts an hour, give or take, but mm-hmm. still banging lines, building pipeline. Um, and I talked to a lady where her husband passed. She's an older, older woman, I think in her seventies, husband passed and she's living on fixed income and she has one rental property and there was a lot right next to it. And she's like, yeah, I would love Basically, I called about the rental, the rental, and, I, and she's like, "No, I don't want to sell that." Completely understand. Um, do you have any other properties you would consider selling, or, or maybe even some land? Boom. That, e- or maybe even some land, was my first time ever using that, mm-hmm. and it was on that call. So I just implemented it that day. I remember it too. It was like, "Wow, even some land," and that's whenever I got like introduced to land. And so she's <laughs> like, "Actually, I have this lot right next to it." And she's like, this would really help me. And initially she asked for 3000 and this is my first land experience. Like, I don't know how to comp land. I don't know how to like who, who developers are really. I had a buyer's list, but I don't know what they do. So immediately I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's put it under contract. Um, I think 3000 would work. Um, I started calling some developers or at least people I thought posted on a few Facebook groups and I was getting no responses trying, trying to dispo it at five grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally I get one developer is like, Hey, I'll take it at four. It's like, okay, that totally, I'm cool with that. And, um, right. so we start doing some title search and realized that it was a messed up title it was upside down. So of course we got a headache at the title company and I'm only looking at a thousand dollars here or, or, you know, so I'm like already freaking out. Like this is going to take forever. This is a six month process. He's like, Hey, I'll mm-hmm. still close on it with you, uh, next week if you'll take three for it. Great. So she asked me for three. Um, I basically had to go back and renegotiate with her. However, she didn't even really expect to get three. She told me after she was like, Oh, I just threw a number out there hoping that you would take it. So I ended up helping her. I got it down to two. I disboted at three, but it was my first land deal. And then my first deal in Nashville too. So coming into a new, new location, right. A new market. Mm -hmm. Um, it was awesome. It's a great feeling. I mean, that's what kicked it off, you know? Yeah. 
I think I think that's dope. Yo, do me a big favor, guys. That's watching this. Give some love to Mark, right? That he's telling you guys his first deal was a land deal in Nashville. Um, he's giving you guys the backstory of how it took place with the seller, but then he's also giving you a story how it worked with the end buyer. And uh, it sounds like you you actually worked it backwards. You know, you, I did. Yeah, you took what the buyer was looking for, and then yep. you went to your seller, which we've done. You know, on some of our deals, we've locked things up, and then we found an end buyer, and then we found out where our end buyer wanted to be. And then we reverse engineered it. We're actually doing yep. that right now with a deal in Florida. Um, and we, I, I mean, I got stories for days. It's stuff that I didn't experience. I got some, I got some <laughs> stories for days. I can imagine. And I'm actually going through a story right now. And so um, it, it, it's amazing, though, because, you know, it's fun at the end of the day. Um, oh, yeah. So doing land deals, right? Um, obviously, I've never done a land deal. Um, I've locked up some land before, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Mines didn't pan out the way it was supposed to pan out. I think we were one day before closing, and oh. I was gonna make eight thousand dollars on this deal. Um, and the the a closing attorney calls me and tells me, "Hey, I don't know if we should close on this deal because, you know, the state laws out here um, are a little different, and the redemption period is actually ten years out here. Um, and so because of that." I ended up, you know, not going through the deal, and I felt like it wouldn't have been fair to the uh, to the buyer because they wouldn't be able to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I, I've learned, man. Not every transaction is going to be the same. Everything is going to have its own hiccups. Right. Um, you know, some of them are are you know fair. Some of them are are cool. But man, this is a this is a long ride. You know, it's fun though. Oh, it's, it is definitely a it's definitely a fun ride. Mm -hmm. uh so so tell me man um what are your what are your your hiccups like where um where are some things that popped up give me like a story that popped up when you were just like yo what the hell am i supposed to do now yeah it's gonna go back to land so i i try <laughs> to specialize more in land and i uh -huh. like high overview of that it's just and uh -huh. I, I told you this before but basically I think there's less competition like from a wholesaler because a lot of people just don't understand it fully or don't know where to pull the list. Mm -hmm. um, from a buyer perspective, developers have less competition. So they're, they can basically be your go-to buyers. Um, mm -hmm. But, and, and then from a seller standpoint, they're not really emotionally attached to land. No one really is. It's not like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we used to play over in that lot all the time. Like, Whereas if you're trying to buy a house, they're like, listen, my kids grew up here. There's emotional attachment to it, but mm -hmm. that's why I target land. Um, so <clears throat> with this land deal, it was one of the first ones I locked up in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, there was, and this was really good area, North Nashville. It's still up and coming, but mm -hmm. um, big project. It's called like Tomorrowland that they've been working on for years. But I heard about it as soon as I moved here and they were, they were really starting to get the ground going and, um, cold calling about other properties, asked the guy basically if he had any other properties he would consider selling. And he just so happened to name this land, um, mm -hmm. got it under contract. And I mean, where the area is, everyone was like, this is going to sell for so much. I priced mm -hmm. it at a hundred thousand dollars for an assignment fee. Like I was so ready. I posted on the Facebook group for Nashville, like the real estate investments area. And I got mm -hmm. roasted like, you don't know what this is like. This is for $70,000 a lot, like blah, blah, blah. And they went off on me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, every experienced person and, you know, you got to take one to the chin sometimes and understand like, 
you got to get knocked down to get back up. So, um, yeah, that one hurt. Right. Cause like that was my brand. That was my first time posting in, in the Nashville group. So I was a little caught off guard. Um, Mm -hmm. so of course I lowered my price. I had a couple people that were interested and I plat maps and there's so many things that go into land compared to like what just a typical house would go or single family home. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at plat maps. This is my first time ever looking at one or trying to understand it. And there's a stream that goes down to the middle of it. And I had a buyer that was like, listen, I'll buy all six lots from you. Like, hell yeah, this is, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up asking for a video of the land. It's raw land. So I literally, I had to put on boots, jeans, like I literally was in the woods Mm -hmm. trying to take pictures of where this land was because I'm not a surveyor, like I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I go out there taking videos. Um, Turns out after weeks and I had it negotiated where I was going to still make like 15,000, a guy comes around and says, there's a streamline right in the middle of the property to where I basically won't be able to build any of them because it goes through all five lots. Mm -hmm. Huge hiccup, right? Like I spent so much time on this. I was my only caller. So I would dedicate all my time after my full-time job to this deal. Cause I'm like, if I land this one, I'm hiring a cold caller. I won't need to anymore. So it costs like, I mean, probably close to a month of going back and forth with agents, surveyors, developers, trying to figure this out. And then it turned out to not even be a deal. Um, you know, and it hurt because you're trying to build pipeline that entire time, right? Like your deals won't keep coming in consistently as yours are mm-hmm. if you're not constantly building pipelines. So exactly. man, that one hurt. Exactly. I, I think I think that's I think I think that's one of the most important parts is like I was kind of telling that in my staff meeting today is you gotta go through rough experiences to become an expert, you know? And I think as a beginner, when you come into, you know, real estate and you, you know, you're getting your feet wet and you don't want to say the wrong thing to, to sellers, right? You don't want to look foolish putting up your, your fee and saying, hey, this is my asking price. And they say, are you out your mind? You know, you'll never get that price for this, you know, but you got to go through those moments. And that's what teaches yep. you. You know, I feel like the most important part to this whole thing is like running the comps and knowing yeah. your numbers, right? I feel like everything else is easy. I feel like sometimes... You know, the numbers can get a little complicated sometimes, um, you know, when you're getting the ARV and, you know, then you're trying to figure out what does the cash buyers pay for this property? You know, what makes sense? And then if you have to do a retail for it, you know, there's a different different variables that can happen. Um, but I do feel like every experience is needed, you know, and I feel like that's the part that, you know, some people may shy away from, like they're afraid of, like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to lose a deal. And it's like every deal right. you lock up, you know, not every deal you lock up is going to work. Like we just lost the deal yesterday at closing. Um, they just couldn't close it at the end. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't, um, it was the property what we had was, uh, it was, we had a buyer um, and the buyer was getting ready to pay. And basically it was a church building and the pastor, the husband was the pastor, but the church was dissolved in 2002. And so because it was considered like a, a nonprofit organization, there was certain bylaws that had to take place and, um, you know, there had to be, you know, different things done. Like, for example, we needed to resurrect the church and the board and the wow. board had to come together to say, yes, they can sell this property. But yep, or it's no longer around. Right. The church hasn't been around since 2002. So because of that, no title company wanted to insure, um, you know, didn't want Good to lock property. Yep. So we missed out. I think we were about to make what, 9500 on this deal. So yesterday we were supposed to close out and make 9500 on, on this deal. And. 
you know, the buyer just didn't want to go forward without it, without being able to insure it. So yeah, you're going to lose deals, you know, like all Max the time. Says. You're going to yep. lose them to title issues. You're going to lose them, you know, to period. And so you just bounce back and you do it again. So we came into the office today. We're like, yo, we're not leaving here until we lock up three contracts today. Um, there it is. Yeah. I think we actually got someone on here, David Piley, who just went to go take pictures for us at a property we're locking up in Baltimore right now. Um, and then we got another one we're locking up tomorrow in Philadelphia. So we're on the prowl, man. I mean, we're going. We're going. That's awesome. That's if great. You have any questions for Mark? He's dropping some true value on here. Uh, make sure you guys give him some hearts. Give him some likes. Give him some thumbs up. If you guys Appreciate are it, guys. This interview from Mark. Um, so, man, we got people on here who probably never started. You know, they're probably wondering um, how could they get started with real estate? What can they do? You know, if you was to basically give, you know, any knowledge, you know, to somebody who's a complete newbie on here, what would you suggest? Like, how how should they get started? What should they do? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the so let's just say you have a budget of five hundred dollars. Right. First thing I'm doing, I'm going to call a wholesaler that's already doing the work in the market. I'm, I'm just going to ask him questions and see if you can provide him value by like or her by calling or meeting up with sellers or anything you can do. That's just going to be a learning experience. So you can curve that learn like help with that learning curve, because I mean, although I think everyone should go through the learning curve, right, that I 100 percent agree with that. Um, if you could try to do it on someone else's dime, that's even better or under someone else's name in the beginning. So that you don't have to experience either the embarrassment or, hey, people can get sued in this game. Like there are ways to to get backlash. So I pr I'd prefer like if you have the opportunity, find a mentor in some way, shape or form. Um, but getting started, you want to do it all by yourself. Say you have five hundred dollars because that's about what I had. I had about five hundred bucks I was willing to spend just to get get the go get the ball rolling was I found. I mean, again, this is the cheaper way of doing it, but I found a guy, like if you go through Fiverr.com mm -hmm. and just go and find, type in skip tracing or real estate leads, there's going to be like 30 different people that do it, um, non-US citizens, but they have ways to find data and get it to you really cheap, like six, seven, six, uh, an address um, with phone numbers. I would ask them like, what's a thousand dollars go or what's a thousand leads go for? And you can even negotiate. I negotiated my first list with them. I think I paid like 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, so $200, you get a thousand leads, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. um, now get a Google voice number. They're free. Download Google voice, um, hop on the phone and start mm -hmm. hand dialing those things. And as you get more information, just take it down, have a laptop with you. And then anytime you get someone to go live, throw in the address on Zillow and then right. start comping it. So that's what I would do. That's that's how I did it. That's how I came across my first deal. Um, I mean, all in, we're looking at like what? After everything's all said and done, three, four hundred dollars like max. And you can find a contract for free. If you mentee with that wholesaler, they'll give you the contracts. I'm happy to give people contracts. My purchase agreement, assignment, release, whatever state you're in. I mean – you can find those free or call your title agency or your attorney. They have them. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I would do it. Other people door knock. That's a way it's aggressive. I mean, if you're willing to go face to face with a seller, it's amazing. Like you can do it and build serious rapport. Um, 
I figured I'd rather touch more people by picking up the phone and calling. So that's what I would recommend. Quaid is asking, shouts out to Quaid, that is the homie. Um, he is asking, what is the goal of the call? So th that's a great question. So um, basically, I just want to know if they're interested in selling the property. That's it. Mm -hmm. I know how it opens up. Hello, I'm looking for Mark. Hey, uh, yeah, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, my name's Mark. I know the call is completely out of the blue. I'm actually calling about your property on 123 Main Street. Yeah. Don't say anything. They're like, uh, yeah, what about it? Yeah. Just wanted to see if you'd ever consider an offer on the property there. Yes. No. Maybe. How'd you get my number? Do not call me again. It's pretty much it. It's all they can. They can fill in a lot of different words, right? I've been cursed at left and right, but um, that, that's what they're going to say. So if it's mm -hmm. a yes, great. Figure out what's wrong with the property or if it needs anything fixed up. And then from there, you schedule an appointment, go on and negotiate. But it's understanding their need. I actually start off my call like, hey, can I speak to the seller? And they say, yeah, this is him. Hey, did you know your house is on fire? Right now, no, it's funny. That's hilarious. If I did, I've seen that. some postcards that were like um, last notices. They look like government postcards, and people are calling back on those, like freaking out, like, "Yo, am I am I getting sued? Do I owe like collections?" Mm -hmm. Like, there are ways that people catch. I, obviously, I want to be calling people and saying, like, "Hey, your your house is on fire," but yeah. Pretty wild. For me, being honest, though, my VAs, you know, again, I have about nine different callers. Um, they're 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 honestly just saying, hey, um, pretty much what you said. I'm calling about the property at one two three Main Street. Um, I want to know would you would you be interested in receiving a cash offer for your property? And then um, you know they say yes, no, hell no, get the hell off my phone, <laughs> right? Which is kind of what happens sometimes. If they say oh, yes, yeah. oh, just to give you a little background, my name is boom boom boom. I'm from what we do is we purchase property that's off market and as is condition. We do not purchase properties at retail, but we do give you a good cash offer and we do try to get about your place in the next 21 to 30 days. Um, can you give me a little bit about the property? What, what condition is the home in from a scale of one to 10? You know, so that's kind like of that. how we treat. My VAs do first touch. Um, my acquisition team who's in the office right now on the phones, I can hear them. They do second touch. I come in on third, which is like the closing where it's kind yep. of negotiating the number. Um, and that's kind of how we formulate like our call. Sometimes I do have a, yeah, I do have a VA though. That is a monster. And this dude can do like, he just price anchored somebody on the phone already. And he just sent me a message on Skype saying, Hey, she was asking 40. I got her down to 18 right now. Wow. Um, so he is a monster as far as price started at five, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're looking yeah, at five. Yeah. You're at 45. We're not there. We're around like 3000. Yeah, big anchor. <laughs> uh, so, big anchor, but we, yeah. we do a lot of that, man. I, I I tell my team a lot. We focus a lot on expectations, setting the expectations between us and the seller, letting them know like, hey, this is not a retail conversation. We are not listing this on the MLS. Um, we are not about to give you retail for your property. That needs about thirty thousand dollars worth of work. So because of that alone, um, we're able to you know insinuate you know how we can go with the conversation. Sure, that's dope. Uh, Dante says y'all comp using Zillow. Um, I personally use Zillow for certain things. Um, I mainly come with MLS and PropStream. That's me personally. Um, and that's, again, that's me going off the ARV and then my cash buyers and then going off of real-time comps. And I do have realtors that I work with pretty much on my markets. Shouts out to Miss Rodriguez, who is a beast in Tampa for me. 
<laughs> but uh, go ahead, Mark. You can tell them what you used to comp. So in the beginning, when I really – I didn't have any tools or didn't know as much now, I was using Zillow. There's a lot of times where Zillow doesn't give you his estimate and you're mm-hmm. kind of just stuck. So I started doing um, Realtor.com and Redfin. And some areas you won't be able to find Redfin isn't used, um, mm-hmm. but you could use all three. And then I would just take the average of three typically. Um, now I use PropStream. It's a little more expensive. Obviously it's not free, but mm-hmm. uh, PropStream seems to be really accurate. I think it's like $97 a month or something like that. Um, yeah. And then the other one, of course, is an agent. So I, I do have agents in every market that I work with. Um, that is huge. And I mean, I called them. I have friends in both. So I'm from Pittsburgh, now I live in Nashville, went to multiple meetings to find agents in Nashville. And I had buddies who are already agents in Pittsburgh. So I, I've already been kind of networked. But, um, you know, if you pick up the phone and just let them know, hey, when you're calling realtors to, to get them as your pocket, um, call them like, hey, I'm, if you don't mind comping some properties, I, I'm going to be able to throw you listings like all the time. You know how many people would rather list their property? It happens so often right like their their price is too high oh we just renovated it great um have you ever thought about listing it i have an incredible agent so i throw them that and it happens pretty frequently but between trying to take the average of those three uh, uh websites so zillow realtor and redfin that's a great way to start and, and do it free or start networking with some agents yeah i think i think for me man i always so I go for the ARV, what is sold, and then I make sure the house sold or renovated. That's like a big part. And then I go by what are the cash buyers paying. And then I always go to a realtor. And the reason why I go to a realtor is because a realtor can push a property at like light speed sometimes. And it's because it's a realtor like backing it. Um, I've seen that people buy way faster, you know, yeah. and they can just see they can see what you can't see. And I think that's a very, very uh, critical part to all of this, which is why I have like a realtor on my team in every place that I'm at. Like you need MLS access just so that way you can see those real time numbers and some stuff that may make sense to you because PropStream may have an error. You never know. Zillow is yeah. customized. People can put stuff in there as much as they want. Right. And so sometimes what you see is based off of, you know, an estimate, but a realtor can give you a, this is what's happening. This is what's under contract right now. Here's what's pending and here's what's about to sell, you know? And I think, those are vital points when you're negotiating or when you're getting ready to put a, a property under contract and you're getting ready to send to an buyer. So just that way, you know, you don't look foolish. Right. Somebody else had a question. Got to the interest. Guys, if you guys are getting some value again, please throw some hearts and throw some thumbs up. Mark is dropping some bombs on here. Try, um, man. No, you're dropping some bombs on here. Yeah. Uh, connecting and uh, contacting and networking sounds key. In this, I would definitely say this is a game of network. Um, there's people all over, man. I don't went from places. I don't went from, you know, meeting people in Facebook groups to talking to them every single day to, you know, JVing with people who can get my deals off because some people have buyers. It's really about, you know, connections at the end of the day. Like this is literally a game. Um, this is literally a game of connections, you know, and the more the more people you're talking to, the easier it is to get these deals off. PropStream versus MLS, MLS all day long. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> PropStream is the closest to MLS, I would I would feel, in my personal opinion, but I feel like MLS is, is 100% accurate. Um, and again, those are real-time numbers for you at that current moment. And, and, and PropStream would give you 
sometimes prop stream will give you comps and it'd be like a mile away or not even on the same street, but it yeah. isn't terrible to them. But if you don't know that particular, you know, state, um, sometimes you can't, you know, they don't go off a half a mile. They only go for what happened on that street from a buyer. Some places they'll go, you know, a mile out as far as comps because they see that that's what happened in that area. So, yeah. and that kind of happened to me in Memphis, Tennessee. A JV is a joint venture, is a partner. So sometimes if you do like the acquisitions and you get the contract and you basically have the seller and they sign with you, but you can't find an end buyer, you would partner with somebody else who has buyers or investors on their list and they would pretty much work the deal for you on the back end and then you split it 50-50. So some people do that, like where they're not good at acquisitions, they just do the disposition part. So they want to partner with people who know how to lock up contracts. And yep. then there's people who's really good at dispositions, which I would say my team is kind of balanced. We're very, uh, I have my whole disposition team is VAs and they're phenomenal at finding cash buyers. Um, my acquisition team is great too. San Diego and Riverside markets experience. I do not do California. Mark, have you tried California? No. So every, every guru basically I know that's in California are virtual somewhere else. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a, the spreads are massive. So if you lock up a deal, you're not making a thousand dollars. Like you're making tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. However, it's going to take a very long time. So I would recommend looking into virtual, um, Virtual's really not that much different in my opinion, especially with COVID going on that like now's the time to do virtual. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love me personally, I love virtual. I love uh, the ability to know that I never have to step foot in a house and we're closing deals. Like, you know what I'm saying? We just got a close out yesterday. We got another one coming on Monday. Um, we got one coming July 15th. So we're, we're doing very, very well. Um, but I do like... Again, like I, I think I was telling you yesterday, my perspective of real estate was I had to go show properties, I had to go walk around homes, and yeah. I had to get my license, I had to take tests, and it just wasn't attractive to me. But the fact that you can virtually be in, like, like me, I'm in like nine different markets, um, from sitting in my office and having a team go out and then they do stuff is is it's amazing. As ever, you know, like yep. we literally pick up our phone, we get a contract, and we have a team that'll go out and take pictures. We have a team that I come back and handle the title work, you know, different things like that. And so I think for me, the most attractive part of it is you can literally run a real estate business from your bed. Yeah. hundred percent um, anywhere. You can run it. Yeah. Like you don't have to roll out your bed. Like I wake up at 6 a.m. and at 6.30, all my VAs are clocking in, you know, good morning, starting the dials at seven. You know, they're having a team meeting every morning at 6.50 my time. Uh, and then, you know, at seven o'clock, they're on the phones all the way to seven Eastern. And, you know, today we set a goal, you know, for everybody who gets two deals, for everybody who gets two leads today gets 10 bucks, you know? So potentially I'm spending $90, right? And then I can land a contract that can make me 10,000 or more. So, right. No brainer. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at 90 bucks into 10, 10 grand. That's what the hope is now. So you're right. You're past where I'm at right now. I'm still like a, a one man band at the moment. Like that's where I'm <laughs> going. And I've, I've brought on callers before, but um, I've had management issues with callers and like mm -hmm. them not managing pipeline how I wanted to. So I was super, not strict by any means, but hey, I set up an entire training module on how to get that done and they were still not doing it. So, mm -hmm. but I, I love to hear great feedback from it because it sounds like yours aren't US citizens. So is that right? Yeah, all my VAs are in the Philippines. Yep. 
Okay. All of them are in the Philippines, but I have like a manager. And then I feel like I was blessed because, you know, this due to this COVID thing, a lot of, um, a lot of real, you know, real, real estate companies, they let their VAs go because they didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. And so because I financially had like a budget, I was able to come in aggressively and hire like seven people who came from different places and they were already beast where they were at. Like I got one dude who is like a top guy for like the last few years. He studied John Martinez. Um, I got another girl who was working for somebody I personally know. And then I have like another dude in my Tampa market who is a monster. Yeah, they're all broken in, basically. Yeah, they're already pretty much know everything from head to toe. They know how to do notations. They know what to ask. They know what to put in there. They know how to make offers. They know if it's a good lead, if it's not a real lead. Like, if it's a hot lead and they know, like, yo, we can close it, they're going to shoot me a a message on the side, like, hey, boss, um, we got a very hot one. You should get on the phone. And they don't, you know, they don't go over their boundaries, but they do do know when we're about to make money. And Mm -hmm. I think that's another cool thing, too. So for my VAs, I always give them like, you know, a commission when we when deals close, when it goes through closing, you know, we send them an extra couple hundred bucks or a little more, you know, depending on the size of the deal. Yeah, that's good. That's a way to do it. Yeah. Anybody's got any last minute questions for Mark before we let him go? Share some love. This dude is killing this thing. <laughs> Hearts and thumbs up if, if you guys are getting some value. Dante, retail agents particular, is that a, I don't know if that's a question. I don't know if that's a question, but you can let me know. Ton of value, man, dope, dope, dope. Again, guys, we're going to be trying to do these ever since I got my whole little, you know, my little room. If you guys like my room, you know what I'm saying? Give me some hearts. You like my, my little podcast room that I'm going to set up. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Follow yeah, like if you don't like what's going on over here, you know what I'm saying? Get off. But if you do like what's going on, uh, you know, get some love. But I plan to do like three of these a week. Um, we just want to give value, man, as far as for the real estate game. I feel like how long did it take you to get to where you're at, Mark? That is a question for you. Man, I'm not even where I want to be at. I mean, so I've – you know, given a quick summary, like I, I was talking to you, I have so many weaknesses. I, and one weakness, although it's not, is my full-time job. Like I can't, it's hard to, to differentiate the two right now. Um, you know, I've been doing it for coming up on like around three years and I've only done about 14 deals. So, mm-hmm. I mean, three years, 14 deals, everyone be like, yeah, that's amazing. Like to me, not really. So if I, it's all about consistency, right? That's what I'm looking for out of this entire thing. And unfortunately, I haven't been as consistent as I'd like to be over the years. However, no, I appreciate the comments. I, you guys look at it as maybe I've made it to a point. Um, to me, I haven't. I think that's the best way to have your mentality too is to keep striving. Um, but you know what? Over the t- over time, you'll get really confident. I feel confident when I get on the phone. I understand how to make offers now. And just after, with consistency and repetition, you'll get there too. It doesn't take long. I want to say after six months of consistent calls, you'll know how to talk the game. You'll know how to make offers and you'll sound confident talking to sellers. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that too. I think, I think you just got to get out there and do it. Anything that's new is going to make you, you know, make you wonder like, am I saying the right stuff? Do I sound stupid? Do am I looking foolish? But you just got to get out there. I'm one of those people where it's like, you got to just put me in the game and I'll learn the rules and everything else later. You know, right. like 
if I don't get in the game, I'm going to overthink all of this. And I think if you overthink any of this, you'll be stuck doing nothing, right? And that's not where you want to be, you know, when it comes to, to this real estate game. Like, our job is to find people in distress situations or properties that's in a distress situation and lock them up under contract at a realistic number that makes sense and then sell it to the end buyer. Like, you're really beneficial at the end of the day. You're helping the seller, you're helping the end buyer, and you're helping the title company. So because of you landing your contract, three different people get paid. Yep. And I think exactly. that's one thing to look at is like, I'm beneficial in this. So we you're, treat you're creating all, jobs. You, yeah, you're creating a lot of jobs. Today. So yeah, no doubt. How many hours per day you work on your business? So I work, I would say anywhere between two and four hours. Now it depends because I balance out my day with my full time, right? Like that still takes priority for me. But as soon as I don't have meetings, like I am hammering on, on the lines. And then after work between four and seven, like 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., I am doing all follow-ups. And then there are days where you're chasing down contracts. So it depends. But I would say like all in, anywhere between two and four hours, around 15 to 20 hours uh, a week, give or take. And now I, I think that should be increased. Um, my Saturdays, I've I've chose to personally try to take myself off of it and dedicate that time to friends and family. Um, Sundays, that's God's day for me. So that's that's how I personally set it up. Um, I don't do any calls on Sundays, but Saturdays I'll try to put in a half day if I can. Okay, that's dope. I think me, I'm Monday through Saturday. That's about it. Yep. I don't I don't really work Sundays either unless we do like a webinar and we're all hanging out. But regardless of that, I kind of don't do Sundays. Yeah. Sellers don't want to be contacted on Sundays, man. It's I see a contact rate being being very low personally. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it depends on your your market too. like people are, I would say, more religious in certain states. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. So um, and for me personally, like I go to church when when it was available. So I, I don't want to call on a Sunday either. Mm hmm. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. All right, we're wrapping it up, guys. We're wrapping it up. Mark, last minute moments for the people that's watching, for the people that haven't got started, probably running a real estate business, for the people that's on the fence wondering if they're a good fit to even do this business. What do you have to say? I just talk to people, man. That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, talk to some people, figure out, get a mentor, get a mentor. I mean, definitely a mentor. Find a way to get in either with a wholesaler or an investor that's already that's buying and they'll tell you how to do it. Um, another thing is you got to be consistent. You think you're going to get a property within a month. It's very rare. It happens. I mean, so does the lottery lottery happens too. Um, but I can tell you now it's rare. It takes what first touch. I think it takes up to 90 days to close off of your first touch of talking to a seller. So get ready to be in the game for six months to actually see consistency and that is being consistent throughout that time. So um, find a mentor and be consistent. You guys will be good. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys, we are off for here. Mark, thanks for coming out, man. It was a pleasure. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.